All right, good evening. Welcome to the Canton Community Preservation Committee's meeting for Monday, January 9th, uh, 2023. Happy New Year. Um, we do have a quorum this evening, it looks like, um, despite a few folks who could not attend, but we do have a quorum, so let's uh, go ahead and jump right in. Um, first item on the agenda is public comments, seeing as we have no guests tonight. Uh, we'll breeze right past that one. Um, Item two, minutes. Um, so we have minutes for two meetings, it appears. Um, I believe everyone should have a copy of that in their inbox uh, for both November 7th and December 5th. Um, thank you, Allison, for sending those out. Uh, does anyone have any comments on either of those meeting minutes? Motion, motion to approve the meeting minutes for November 7th. Second. Motion to approve minutes for November November 7th, um, and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, November 7th minutes are approved. Um, and let's talk about December 5th. Have folks had a chance to also review that, those minutes? Okay. I have a question for you about that. I was yes. not at that meeting. I don't think I was at the December, was I there? No. No, okay, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I'm seeing my name, yes. I'm like, wait, I wasn't there. Can I? I usually would abstain from it if I'm you not can. there. Do you want so, me? If you've read them, I did read. You, yes. You, you're, the rules are you can. You, okay. But you could abstain, and if you abstain, we don't have. Well, we can still take a vote, right? So yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can still Since take a vote. Since we just have the five, I want to. If I can. Just vote, to clarify, yeah, is that in, is that in error that you? Is, is, oh, oh, it does say absent. absent. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Right. Yeah. Perfect. So that that should be yeah. That's correct. I'm the minutes of December fifth. Uh, motion to approve the minutes of December 5th. Do I have a second? Second. Second by George. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. December 5th uh, minutes are approved. All right. Next item, it looks like the Kennedy Restroom Project Extension vote. Um, so at our previous meeting, we had two guests, uh, Mike Rhoda and uh, Pat Murphy, who um, were present to help answer the outstanding questions. Um, and please help me with my memory. Um, I recall one of the questions that was outstanding was concerning whether the Kennedy restrooms had to be unisex or they uh, were legally um, able to be, you know, the, the male and female um, gendered restrooms. And it looks like we did get a follow-up answer to that, um, which is that as designed and as the um, you know, as the law currently stipulates for this type of facility, that male and female separated restrooms, um, you know, are what is called for by law. Um, and so that resolves that question that was outstanding. Was there another question? I believe it was just that. It was just that. Yes. Okay. Um, any comments from the committee around that? Um, the only that uh, point I, I have was I think we need to keep them make sure that they try to keep to the schedule that they proposed uh, that was given to us at that, that meeting. So uh, hopefully it, when we meet in February, uh, it'll already be advertised if this, if this uh, schedule they gave us is correct. And, and I can track that at the BRC. I, I sit on the BRC, so I can track that back and report back. Okay, great. Just to see. Does, does John's comment about tracking it um, in any way impact 
our ability to vote on it tonight, right? No. So no. if we vote it forward, you're just proposing that it be monitored. Right. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Because that's on the agenda, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, let me first say, Allison, a substantial job with the notes. Thank you very much. They were well done, and uh, it was as if I was here at the meeting. Um, so thank you. It looks like, I just have a quick question. It looks like a pretty robust discussion, but having read the notes, um, Sean, I, I, I came away from it with a, a favorable impression that it would come in. But it's tracking at or under budget, and there's a schedule that it's kind of ready to go, right, is the, what I took from the detailed notes. Yes. Okay. Yes, that was the, you know, the, the, the feeling that I got as well. And significantly, they won't, they, there's no plan to come back to CPA for additional funds. They have a reserve from the private collections. So that's that was my main takeaways. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I move we uh, extend the uh, Kennedy uh, project until uh, de uh, December 23. Second. Motion to extend the Kennedy restroom project uh, and seconded by George. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that project uh, extension is granted. Okay, thank you everybody. Um, next item up is Conservation Trust transfer vote. I believe this one has already been resolved. Is that correct? Correct. So the, the money has been transferred to conservation. It is no longer in the CPA accounts. The CPC accounts, excuse me. Okay, and so uh, therefore this vote should be to close out this project, is that? Correct. Correct, okay. Um, so I'll take a motion to close the Conservation Trust transfer. So moved. moved. Second. Seconded by Kendall. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing none. Okay. Uh, that project uh, can be closed. All right. Next item is financial report uh, from Stacy. Um, she unfortunately could not attend this evening, so that will be um, deferred to our next meeting. And that brings us to agenda item number seven, which is rules and procedures edits. Uh, George and John Leonetti. Um, um, with full disclosure, um, after reviewing the sort of minutes from the previous meetings where there was some concerns, uh, these are offered as tweaks. Um, John and I didn't get to talk directly, but I know we, we, we did share this uh, as soon as the sort of work product was available, and you're seeing the three tweaks on the screen. Uh, the first one um, addresses a question that had come up at a previous meeting, um, and that is the power of the chair. The issue that we were trying to address with this um, is if there is no administrator, how do we administrate? And so providing a rule that allows the chair to assign administrative duties in the absence of an administrator um, was sort of the cleanest way to do it. And I, and I, I probably doesn't reach as far as critics might like, but I do think that the sort of all, and with all of these rules, the devil's in the details, but it does give the chair power to assign those administrative duties, which assumes that those administrative duties would be done. Um, so that was, you know, off 
you know, just a, an hour's worth of work just sort of going through each one. And so I would welcome your comments yeah, as well. Yeah, let me interrupt your train of thought yeah. and apologize. Yeah. Um, as the notes from November 7th uh, indicate, I had made a few comments about learning lessons from what we had just been through. Um, and I apologize for not being available. I, in my work uh, and travel uh, kept me unusually busy. Uh, the issue at hand in November was um, in amending these rules and procedures, uh, I was advocating for some contingency for uh, there being an absence of, of an administrator. And there was some discussion also around the, um, the, you know, what we learned about hiring the potential to hire a temporary administrator as, as challenging as that may be. Uh, George, I, I think the language is sufficient to advance the ball in that direction, um, uh, particularly since I was unavailable. Well, to discuss and it. I wouldn't defer just because of that. I mean, if, we, if it needs more work, happy to do more work. But it's broad enough that would. It, it's not that the chair didn't even have that ability around. It was that particular set of circumstances that arose through the summer. But I think this codifies clearly the the intent of the committee to turn to the chair to get work done, and the the chairs having the ability to assign that work to um, to members of the committee. So it sort of seemed pretty easy. But. I, I agree. I see it as two items. I think this yep. satisfies you number seem, one. Yeah. Um, I was, I was hopeful that some of the lessons we learned this time through could be passed forward through the rules and procedures, um, but I think that was more of a, a desire to pass along what we had learned here, uh, and, and it could always be put in some kind of appendix or something like that if we want to yeah. move this to some kind of closure. And um, it did contemplate an appendix. We just yeah. haven't done that yet, but yeah. I do think you, you had talked about workflow at one point and yeah. the lessons we had learned from workflow. Yeah. I think we could create an appendix you know, after this is, moves forward. And I think that's a good way to close it out if that's possible today and just move mm -hmm. forward with some additional language that I was advocating and, okay. and, and, you know, when I find the time, I'd be happy to begin to author that. If, if other people see it as a priority, I'll, I'll certainly advance it. I just, uh, I'm sorry, could you clarify what content would be in the appendix? So what we learned through the process uh, between Kristen and Allison was, was quite a few things. Number one, that the rules of procedures need to be updated, which we're doing now. Uh, number two, there was some interesting and engaging discussion, although incomplete discussion, with Randy Scollins about whether or not a, a temporary uh, employee could be hired to fill some gaps. Now, whether or not that's feasible is kind of a separate question, given the, the depth of you know, what we cover here, but um, at least I think some consideration of that could be passed forward. And, and frankly, I think that it wouldn't hurt inside of an appendix to talk about the period of time where we, we the, the committee had to push off taking applications because of lack of an administrator um, to underlie the significance of, of the position. Um, and, um, and, and to just hopefully avoid what happened the last time through, uh, through some of what we learned. And that was really the intent behind it. Um, in, in the near future, there'll be new committee members. There'll be people that didn't experience what, what we went through. And I think that we heard from the community, too, some disappointment about not funding. So what I would simply say is that 
There may or may not be a path, but we certainly made some attempts that could be codified this time to give some guidance to future CCPC committees. Um, sure. it's, it's more an appendix that attaches to kind of lessons learned from the past and would get sent forward, you know, to help avoid the instances in the future. Um, is the best I can summarize it. Uh, there were some things we did to try to fill the gap, right? right. And there were yeah. consequences of not having the gap filled. Yeah. And I think that those are good things. I, I think we'd be remiss to be at, to be silent on it um, because I think there was a lot that that was learned through the experience uh, and where that gets put into rules of procedures. We mm -hmm. can an appendix seems like it makes sense. Okay. And then following up, Section 6.4 uh, addresses it a little bit further in that it includes now the words, we already had everything else that was there. Uh, I think that is a perhaps a new section that I had drafted a few months ago, but adding um, the, the, the three words, including administrative support, that was a comment that had come up in the um, notes as well. Uh, from so a this member. was our. This wasn't the one you had drafted. What you had drafted was two point seven. Was six four already in the originals? Yes. Yeah. So we just added then to the originals. Oh, I see. Thank you. Yep. So we added including administrative support to six four for committee staff, and then two seven administrative duties. This was wholly new, although it has been tweaked again since the, the last meeting, and this was to address two comments that came up, one of which is that the administrator wasn't just a secretary, but shall facilitate the program. And um, so the wordsmithing there is that the administrator shall facilitate the CPA program and provide administrative support. So that sort of carries through and elevates the work to match the, the position description as well. And then the second comment there, the administrator shall propose draft updates and changes to the community preservation plan. I think it's important to note that the word proposed draft updates is put before us because we're the ones, the committee, uh, the appointed committee, will vote on those, but it puts some onus on the administrator to propose those updates and changes to the community preservation plan with the caveat that they're working with community stakeholders, which is how the plan gets put together. So it's sort of a belt and suspender approach to something that we have to do under the statute, but also codifies it within the administrative duties. Again, addressing uh, two member comments there. Those are the only, that was the full work product from last week. So other than the highlighted sections, everything was the same. You've else. seen it. Uh, so I think for two, uh, two, two and six, four, the highlighted sections are we're suggesting adding those to the original rules of procedure. Two point seven does not yet exist in the rules of procedure. That's they, right. That entire paragraph oh, okay. would be new. Um, in November, George had proposed this, and he made edits to this. But this has itself, the entire paragraph, has not been voted on or put into the rules. Right. The uh, you recall the rules were silent as to administrator duties because when the when the rules of procedure were first drafted, we didn't have an administrator. Yeah. So that's a brand new section, totally. And do you recall the public input that was received around the duties? Um, was there a specific 
task. I recall there was a specific item. It was as basic as minutes and th you know it mm -hmm. was the point the the, the um, citizen was pointing out. Look, these tasks are here. This person, you don't need an administrator. The tasks fall to, in this case, uh, at, at that time it was the a clerk or secretary. Secretary. Yeah. Um, but the other confusion at the time, which will be clarified here also, is these are not bylaws. These are self-imposed upon us. We're creating our own operational set of, of rules and powers. Doesn't need town meeting. Doesn't need... Uh, a vote of the community. This is just self-governance. And so the proposal is to break it up on the website so the CPA bylaw sits on its own and then there'll be less confusion when yeah, they um, were back to back John Q. Public or Jane Q. Public looks at this and says, look, these are these are the town's rules. These are rules we're, we're actually placing upon ourselves as good governance. Mm -hmm. And that's how it began. And now it was time to <clears throat> clean those up. Putting them on the website in, with two different titles, the CPA bylaw separately and our own internal rules of procedure. And then there's a section at the very end, which isn't on the screen, which is we're going to date these. So the last look at them, we'll, you'll see this now. If you look to the bottom, of, and this is cleaned up at the top now, rules of procedure. And then you look to the bottom of this, and there'll be a reference to the last time that we've made updates. Right. So just like any statute, right. there's a legislative history. Yeah, so these, these changes to me seem very logical. Um, the question I have is around, I think, oh, sorry, Allison, if you scroll up, um, where it outlines the, right here, uh, the committee may employ staff if it wishes to. So this is an existing um, rule, right? And so doesn't this suggest that the committee has the flexibility, um, if it wishes to, to go out and hire staff to fulfill administrative duties in the absence of an administrator. Well, we've always had that. The uh, issue will come up in the future, and that's where Randy comes in, and that is procuring that staff. There's no issue that we... I mean, again, these are rules we're giving to ourselves, so there's no issue that the committee... And this is actually also in the statute, by the way that you can create staff and you can mm -hmm. pay for it through the administrative budget. So it's it's a bit of another sort of belt and suspender that ties directly to the statute, but just calls it out um, again in the idea that a future committee or a person from the public may say, how do they get to hire people? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's two references now, one in the statute and two here in the rules. This was already there, though. This 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 had right. already existed back for the beginning of this. Because uh, there was some level of uncertainty as to whether we could independently go out and hire, like, temp. Um, Randy right. made a comment at a public meeting, this is what we're referencing, and, mm -hmm. and followed it up in the hallway, and we did have some follow-up conversations with him. Um, can we get some administrative support to mail letters or do Xeroxing, you know, that, that don't rise to administering the program? Yeah, I think you can. The efficacy of it would be the next question, but we're not there at this point. So, so that was a more right. strictly a procurement yeah. um, question rather but, than yeah. a question yeah. of whether the committee could actually you know, hire staff. I'm not sure I interpreted the conversation the same way. Um, and it's it, it, I what I took from it was 
Randy said, yes, you're able to do it. However, not with Kristen because of her others. That's her other correct. Position. Her taxing, there was an issue relative to her status as an employee. That's it. Yeah. So, it, so many of his comments went down the path of saying not with Kristen because of this mm -hmm. and the complexity it would create, but I don't think we furthered the conversation no, more generally yeah. around yeah. that. Um, but that aside, um, I took from his comments that we have the ability to do it. Um, whether it's practical to do it or not is a separate issue, but right. I think it's yeah. important to note that we do have the ability to bring in Okay, that's, that's good to know, and that is consistent with you know with the text here. Um, the yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. so that that's good. Um, and and you know I, I I wanted to clarify this particular point because you know the first section that was amended um, kind of suggested that the committee uh, chairs co-chairs could delegate some of those administrative duties, um, but the challenge that we faced at the time was simply you know the the. Um, lack of availability and resources and you know every pretty much everyone you know has full-time you know day jobs so that ability to delegate some of those administrative duties to <coughs> you know committee members was severely limited uh, which is why having you know that sort of chair discretion to be able to bring in um, temp staff um, where it's deemed appropriate for certain administrative functions um, is a good option to have, and I think you know this this clarifies. Keep that. in mind, um, without having this codified, you always, you actually did assign certain duties. Some of us did edit letters. Right. Some, yeah. You know, work with um, the. Um, IT department to mm -hmm. discover how do we get the letters, you know, all, so there was yeah, some assignment to this, but remember that including assigning any administrative duties in the absence of administrator is a tied to the previous section, which is um, the power to appoint committee. No, no, it's right there. It's on the screen. I'm sorry. Uh, previous uh, sentence. So um, to have the power to appoint committee members to standing special subcommittees of the committee, including assigning any administrative duties in the absence of administrator. So this first section holds it in within the organization, and then the second is also, by the way, you can go outside the organization to get additional support. So that's with these two pieces sort of work together in yeah. the case of another, you know, meltdown for lack of right. a better word. Yeah. Yeah, I think it looks good. Um, I think my my only question here is, you know, in terms of next steps, it sounds like there's an appendix and some additional supplemental. I content. would put this forward, and then we will we should keep working on that piece. I think it. that's right. So long as nothing precludes the addition of an appendix, I don't see any need to prolong, you know, this any further um, because I think it addresses a point. In fact, I, I think it cleans up nicely what one of the constituents pointed out is that the rules actually obligate. I think indirectly the committee members who do the work was the point that was made. So I think yeah, I this cleans that up and leaves open the opportunity for additional support. And then if there's nothing precluding some kind of appendix at some future point, which I don't think there is, we can. I'm, I'm satisfied with the language. And thanks, George. I just oh no, appreciate it. and thanks for your input. Yeah. And also, I think that. I, it's hard, you know. I, I, I was sort of torn with, oh, shame on us for not. But many committees don't even operate with their any rules. They, you know, members of the community are assigned to commissions. They just show up and they start doing what they think is the work, the, and most of the time it is. But I think that 
years ago when we established this group, we had the esprit de corps and a year to build because we didn't spend the first year. We didn't have income the first year. So what we did that entire year was build the machine and this was a product of that. But, I, but I've served on many commissions where they don't have anything near this and unfortunately it, um, it caught us by not updating them um, when um, you know, a citizen pointed that out to us. So yeah. we've done the work and we move forward. Yeah, um, and, and, and the program has grown quite substantially since you know, inception, not just in terms of you know, budget dollars, but you know, just the complexity, the um, ongoing sort of active management um, uh, and, and tracking the status of you know, projects, money coming back to us, you know, um, or um, extensions and things like that um, from existing projects, let alone the new applications right. that come in. I guess, you know, it, it, it's fair to say that the program has evolved and, you know, that natural evolution of the program, um, you know, is kind of what's behind some of the language here needing to be updated. Um, and, and with that in mind, my question around the administrative duties is, I know we do reference the, um, the, the job description in terms of enumerating all the duties, right. but should the program continue to evolve and grow over time and additional duties um, you know, get added to the administrator role, whether it's through changes in the legislation, changes in the workflow, um, do we have flexibility in this language to you know, account for things like that? Uh, the last sentence, a full list of responsibilities shall be enumerated in the position description. So if the position changes, changes. Yeah. it's mm -hmm. tied to an HR document. Right. Okay. So this was, that was intentional because we couldn't put the whole job description in. It didn't make right. any sense. Right. So we took the, you know, the low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. or the most important aspects of the position and that's where the facilitate the CPA program was added because a member had pointed out that the administrator does facilitate, you know, does put out the, the, the call for the, for the um, applications, reviews the applications, works with us to assign, you know, various entities to support that. So I think it does what you're requesting because it's okay. tied, but it's so if the but position to, evolves. Yeah. Then, then the job description will yeah. have to involve. But, I, but, but more to the point, though, I, I don't think we stopped looking at this. You know, So now we're looking at it because we had a reason to, but right. we'll have to figure mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Future chairs will say, oh, let's make sure we check the rules yeah. maybe every two years or yeah, so. Yeah. You know, make sure that, right. that we're playing by our own rules. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the program and what the you know, what the process will look like, you know, five, ten years from now. Right. Right. Um, but should there be some additional... Um, right. you know, step in the, you know, process, whether it's applications, whether it's, you know, vetting, legal, you know, what have you. Um, if it's not in the job description, my concern is that, you know, we're going to, you know, be right. having a similar conversation. I mean, so. it has to be in the job description. In, right. Otherwise, you have some union issues, too, right? Yeah. I, is this a union position or is no. it exempt? No. Um, so then I'm... I think that the diligence is on the part of the organization to look to this and make sure that it encompasses the roles of the administrator. Uh, at this point, our administrator is working to the job description and right. doing, doing yeah. the tasks. Yeah. So I hope it's. You know, but I'm posing a hypothetical. Yeah, right? yeah, and, as and, we and grow. Do, yeah. yeah. Is, is, it, is it worth 
adding some language um, to give that flexibility in terms of if, if, if something meaningful you know gets added in terms of the job you know tasks that that are required that do we then need to go and update the job description that's on file or the easiest way to do it is you know and as assigned you know in, in, and that's yeah, what yeah. you've seen this in many mm -hmm. job descriptions you know full list of responsibilities and as assigned mm -hmm. That's a catch-all phrase okay. that, you know, look, I assigned this to you. It's your job. It's ever-evolving. So, you know, you, you could do that, too. I would propose that we add that in, in I mean, discussion. what do other folks think? I would propose that we pick a period in time, say six months after Allison's start date, to interview Allison on the, the tasks and the time provided and her thoughts on how well the time provided matched up against the tasks. So we have an onboarding plan that I think you've been very diligently following. And, you know, as much as another million dollars comes in every year, give or take, there's also a substantial number of projects that close. So there's a certain capacity that has to be handled that I think we've reached and maybe even maxed. I don't know. Um, I guess it depends on how quickly projects close out because every mm -hmm. year there's funds coming in. Yep. So it's not a snowball that keeps growing because we're closing projects, in which case I would tend to agree with you that, hey, we might need two administrators at some point. Um, but I think, and I mentioned this at a prior meeting, while Allison is going through it, because Kristen did the work for so many years and was you know, so efficient at it, uh, and now there's been a change, uh, I, and I, from everything I can see, Allison's doing a wonderful job. I think that, you know, we pick a point in time and talk to Allison. Somebody has a conversation and say, how did it go? Did you feel overwhelmed? Did you have enough time? Because the job description is real specific on hours, right? And mm -hmm. NTE, not to exceed type of thing. Um, and I think that that would be providing some real meaningful feedback to the point that you're raising. Um, and it would be real and current um, while, while, we're, while we're going through it. Um, yeah. And I hesitate to ask Allison if she's keeping pace. It certainly seems like she is. But, you know, maybe another few months go by and that'll be a good test of, okay, we've cycled through. Well, we haven't gone through a, a round of applications yet, which will intensify the workload. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's a good way to, yeah. to look at it as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and um, I would be supportive of, of, of that. If you want to add after the word correspondence, which is four lines up from the bottom, uh, and any other duties as assigned, that would catch what you were referencing. Yep. Yeah, I think that that would be a good change. Um, so I think that there's there's two there's two items here, yep. and you know John um, Leonetti certainly raises a good point. Uh, which again I fully support is kind of you know checking as in assigned. as assigned. That will be a change to that section yeah. as well. So so you know two two points which I think you know are, are both really good um, you know items to uh, to keep in mind. One is um, the capacity, the workload, right, and that's that's one aspect of this mm -hmm. is you know whether the allocated hours um, for this position, uh, you know, how do those track versus the actual workload, the number of projects that mm -hmm. need to go through the process and, um, you know, hours budgeted against that. 
Um, you know, the other aspect, um, which is more to, to what I was getting at initially, is kind of the unique um, duties and unique tasks that are enumerated in the job description. Um, and so as the program evolves, should any additional tasks, um, you know, be assigned, thank you for the word, um, John, uh, be assigned to the administrator. I just want to make sure that we have the flexibility in this language to catch, yep. you know, to capture that without having to go back to update the job description. Obviously, you, you know. will update that job description at the next, exactly. you know, exactly. seven years from now. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. we need a new administrator. <laughs> See how long you get this done? <laughs> or more. Eight, nine. Uh, eight, nine, yeah. whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, that, it, it is sort of standard procedure just to review it at the point at which you mm -hmm. put a new hire. So I yeah. think that'll pick it up as well. I make a point as uh, other duties is assigned is in the job description. In the job description, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. Well, so and there it is. So that's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Okay. Excellent. I thought it was, please. Yeah. Thank you, John. I think it's probably it's regularly in there. That makes sense. I'm going to move the rules and procedures as discussed, as proposed. Okay, motion to approve the edits to the rules and procedures. I think we have to approve Well, the you have whole to do thing. it all because it's oh, all you're been to do touched. Okay. You know, but you've, we've reviewed all the prior changes at prior meetings, mm -hmm. and all that was left were these couple sections. Right. Yeah, right? That's yep. my understanding. Okay. So this is a full I will update. note the the full uh, rules and procedures that I have. The only one that I can find on the laptop is from 2014. If there have been changes more recently, I don't know. I will send you the document I worked off of, okay. and then you'll have to put these new changes into it from okay. tonight. But it's it's as it was submitted at the meeting in. October, October remember, okay. yeah. That October set. So that was digital. I can send that to you and then these will go into it. Perfect. So we're reasonably sure that this is the most recent copy um, that has been. Yeah, um, and it goes yeah. on the web. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll double check that. Yeah. Because okay. I think we began working on this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we did in the yeah. summer. Yeah. 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 And then we. We propose these in October. Yeah. Right. Okay. And these are the additions to October. Right. Yep. Okay. okay. Perfect. Um, so we have a motion on the table to approve the proposed rules and procedures. And thank you for the clarification that we have to approve the whole thing. Um, do we have a second? Second. Kendall seconded. Mm -hmm. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thanks for your patience with the process. Well, thank you for yeah, your work on this. Work. Um, and yeah, it looks like this one is these. This rules and procedures update is um, approved. Okay. Thank you, George and John. And John. George and and John Johnson. And, 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 and both Johnson. <laughs> All right. Um, item eight. Okay, so. Uh, I'm very excited that we're on this one because you know we have been eagerly anticipating you know this discussion um, around the update to the community preservation plan, and so the um, the first step to updating the community preservation plan um, is to go through review. Um, identify what are the key takeaways from the you know tremendous amount of data that was collected um, last year as part of the public forum, the public um, online surveys, um, as well as the you know what we call the town hall 
you know, event. Um, so there were really three sources of data. Um, you know, again, that was the, the public forum, um, the surveys, and the town hall sort of public um, event. Um, and so what I would like to do as kind of, you know, how we want to approach this is um, two phases. Phase one is review that data, you know, come to a, um, you know, come up with a list of what are those key takeaways. Um, and we can structure it however we want. I think it's logical to look at it by the different funding categories, right? Open space, historic, um, you know, housing. Um, and look at, you know, what are the community preferences? What are the, um, you know, wh where are there some potential disconnects between what the feedback suggested, um, you know, the, the community prefers versus what's documented currently in our, um, in our plan. And so that'll give us sort of an idea of where is that delta, right, between the, the public input versus the, you know, the latest document. Um, and so with that delta, we can then, as phase two, look at the specific edits, changes, um, you know, deletions, additions um, to the document itself. So that's the approach I want to take, is look at the data first, figure out what are those, you know, areas where um, there's, there, there's disconnects, right, between uh, what people are saying versus the document. So let's, let's start that process tonight. Uh, so this is the summary that was written up um, based partially on uh, the results that were given from J.M. Goldson, who did the organization that did the uh, survey and the focus groups, um, and also uh, at the end, uh, some of my thoughts after going through all of the data. Um, so again, from J.M. Goldson, uh, the key findings from the forum, the focus groups, and the surveys, um, and this is broken up by uh, category. Outdoor recreation goals, uh, based on the community engagement results, the consultant recommends considering the following CPA goals pertaining to outdoor recreation. Rehabilitate existing outdoor recreation facilities, including at the public schools. Create a new bike trail and install new lighting and seating at existing outdoor recreation fields and courts. The open space goals are acquire and protect undeveloped land for the purpose of mitigating the impacts of climate change and for open space conservation that provides public access. Improve accessibility to open space areas. Create connections between open spaces, historic sites, and downtown Canton through walking, hiking, and bike paths. Acquire an open space downtown to be used as a town green, and funding the creation of a community garden. Historic preservation goals. Continue to support projects and activities at the Paul Revere Heritage Site, such as the museum. Acquire and preserve artifacts and resources related to the rich Native American history in Canton of the Ponkapoag tribe. Acquire and restore historic textiles like the Civil War uniform and custom dresses. And develop a cohesive approach to and plan for historic preservation in Canton. Community housing goals. Create and preserve community housing, including affordable housing that will address documented housing needs, including but not limited to housing for low and middle income households, seniors and starter housing opportunities, 
and to maintain the town's compliance with the state's 10% goal per C40B. Be strategic about the location of new housing developments to support the community's vision as articulated in the Canton Master Plan. Support the creation of a local down payment assistance program for first-time home buyers. Preserve existing community housing units such as the developments at Hagen and Rubin Court and support development, develop, excuse me, support development, I think there should be an of there, additional public housing units. Um, it was copy-pasted from the uh, J.M. Goldson stuff. I do not take uh, responsibility for any typos. <laughs> uh, the focus group key findings was that housing affordability is a challenge faced by many Canton residents. Uh, many of them gave specific anecdotes, anecdotes about this. Uh, participants did also identify opportunities for CPA funding that could help create more affordable options in the community. Residents feel that active recreation in Canton is well supported and widely appreciated. Uh, further support and coordination of these active recreation opportunities would be something that would benefit the community as a whole. Participants identified many historic and natural resources that are present in Canton and the desire to protect them. And that this protecting these will also further the appeal of Canton. That there are many historic resources that can be utilized in the community, but will take more funding and volunteer effort to take on some of the more large-scale projects identified by the Historical Society and others. And open space resources are widely used in Canton, and participants identified several options for increasing the accessibility of some of these resources. The forum key findings were that there is a need for upgrades to existing community housing and a need for new units that beyond preserving historic items and buildings, the participants wanted to identify how historic preservation projects will be used and shared by the community. There's a need for maintenance of new and existing open space, as well as a need for more wooded areas, a need for more facilities for adults, more availability at existing fields and courts, and a bike path. And participants at the forum prioritize open space and active recreation over housing and historic preservation. The survey key findings, and again, this is all still from Jam Goldson. Survey respondents were more likely to be female and have higher incomes than the town's population overall, but the age breakdown was similar of the survey respondents uh, to the town's population. Uh, respondents in general were moderate users of parks, playgrounds, or athletic fields in the town. When asked which type of outdoor recreation projects in Canton are the most important, the two categories that scored the most highly were related to walking and biking, uh, creating new trails, improvements and updates to existing parks, playgrounds, and athletic fields. When asked about their main concerns about housing issues in Canton, most respondents showed concern that existing residents and adult children raised in Canton will not be able to buy a home due to rising housing costs. The most pressing housing issues for respondents were housing affordability for seniors and veterans, affordable housing for low and middle income households, and maintenance and upgrades to existing housing in Canton. And when asked what types of historic preservation projects are most important, protecting threatened historic excuse me, protecting historic resources threatened by new development scored very highly. A uh, number of residents specifically noted they would like to see more done at the Polyvere Heritage Site and uh, expressed a desire for a project that honors the, the area's Native American history. About 40% of respondents indicated they visit protected natural areas one to two 
times a month and about 26% never visit them. Priorities for open space in Canton include acquisition or protection of undeveloped land for the purpose of mitigating the impacts of climate change and for conservation that has public access. In order of priority, uh, residents would like to see CPA funding spent on active recreation, open space and passive recreation, historic preservation and community housing in that order. So transitioning after reading over all of the results um, and, and especially the survey results, um, my personal biggest takeaway was that community education is needed about the CPA because the thing that was most noticeable about the survey responses was how many of them suggested and talked about projects that were not eligible for CPA funds. Uh, and then there were a lot that said, you know, oh, that you know, no more funding at all should go into this category. It should all go to this. And so clearly, I think that a lot of people who took the survey did not understand what types of things are eligible. And also, they didn't understand that there is the, um, the rule that 10% you know, of the funding each year must go to each of the categories. Um, so the main topics that came up a lot that were uh, a lot of people suggested but are not CPA eligible projects was indoor recreation facilities, artificial turf, that was extremely popular, <laughs> um, general projects usually funded by taxpayers, so things like fixing the schools and municipal buildings, fixing roads and bridges, and uh, community use facilities and projects uh, like a cafe or a snack bar, the town pool, uh, community garden may or may not be eligible depending, <laughs> festivals and events, classes and education were recommended by uh, a lot of survey takers, um, but these things are not CPA eligible. Allison, if, can I ask a question? Oh, sure. Um, given, given some of this uh, feedback uh, around kind of non-qualified, uh, for lack of a better term, um, projects. If we were to take all that out from you know the, the the survey responses, do you think that would significantly change any of the um, prior summary items, or is it kind of like equally distri distributed across every bucket? I think for some of them it would change things um, a bit. Like I guess another way to look so to ask the question is when a survey respondent suggests a non-CPA eligible pro project, were those um, types of projects over-indexed in any particular category, right? Like open space or... Um, uh, well, I mean, so if I go, so the next page was, um, this is, the, it's, so I broke down survey answers when it came to, it was, are there specific recreation projects, are there specific housing projects, um, and so you can kind of see, you know, the non-CPA eligible ideas are one of the line items, Got it. Okay. Um, so you can kind of see the breakdown, you know, where this, uh, you know, if you take all of the non-CPA eligible ideas out, there are still a lot more responses mm -hmm. for yeah. active recreation than there are for, say, housing, where this, I mean, okay. a lot of the survey respondents didn't even um, 
put comments. So again, this, this here is when I went through all of the comments. This wasn't necessarily the numbers of people. This wasn't when they, you know, said how important this was to them. Mm -hmm. This was going through and collecting all the individual comments that talked about specific ideas. Um, this, this actually addresses my yeah. question much better than I ever would have, <laughs> yeah. like, um, actually quantifying the exact number of so, you know, the, so each one I, I listed um, from, you know, smallest to, to biggest yeah. in terms of how many people spoke about it. So for active recreation, you can see there were a lot of ideas and a lot of people talking about the ideas. I mean, that section was absolutely the longest with or without the non-CPA eligible ideas. Um, so I, I would agree absolutely with, with J.M. Goldson um, summary that, that that does seem to be the the category that drew the most yeah. engagement. So even with the non-eligible ideas in there, it's still overwhelmingly. Yes. Yeah. Correct. And and it's great. I mean, one of the big ones, you know, the, the much skating rink had a lot and, and that was a project, you know, this was this survey was from before uh, town meeting where the much skating rink um, project for fiscal year twenty three. So so obviously we're on track already yeah. with one of the, the big things. Um, but you can just see some of the the really popular ones. So pickleball courts, the skating rink, uh, dog park, improvements to an addition of more playgrounds, improvements to athletic fields, walking pads, and bike pads were very popular. People feel very strongly about that there should be more pads and trails, um, and then additional fields and courts. Um, the often repeated themes when it comes to field acquisition, a lot of requests specifically for lacrosse and tennis um, facilities. Um, field improvements, uh, some people just mentioned generally improving the field, but a lot of things specifically spoke about drainage problems and that after rain, a lot of the athletic fields are just soggy messes or they've got ponds and um, that drainage was a big issue for many of the fields. Um, and requests for better handicap accessible access to playgrounds, parks, and walking pads, and that if new walking or biking pads are to be created, they should be handicap accessible. Uh, when it comes to housing, um, again, there were fewer comments about this, um, but uh, the biggest actually was the number of people saying no CPA funds at all should be used for housing. Um, and then the next highest was 17, there was 41 people who said this, but I did think it was worth noting that 92% of the survey takers were homeowners mm -hmm. and only 5.5% were renters, which I think could skew the, of course. you know, the, the, the results <laughs> of it. That's worth pointing out, CPA funds come from homeowners. Right. So Correct. Let's, let's not leave that out of the discussion. Yes. Um, so a, a large number of survey takers were not in support of funding or more funding for affordable housing and uh, a lot of them specifically noted that affordable housing should not be funded by taxpayers or through the town at all, that it should be a private, um, you know, measure uh, or that, you know, and, and there were a couple of also, you know, mentioned that CPA funds, you know, came from homeowners and therefore shouldn't be used for affordable housing. Um, but the um, acquiring more and oops, sorry. Uh, acquiring more housing and updating housing were definitely um, 
there, very more popular, but um, the most popular comment, aside from the non-CPA stuff, was that more housing specifically for seniors was needed. For historic preservation, Um, you can see there was, you know, uh, non-CPA eligible projects, there was only 10 for this one. Also 10 people said that Canton and the CPA should not put any money into historical preservation or any more money. Um, but there was a lot of support for the Paul Revere Heritage Site and there were a lot of comments that were not specific to any project but just said, you know, kind of historical preservation is great, we should, we should do more of that. <laughs> um, and I did also note there were some comments specifically against uh, a couple of the uh, historic sites in the town um, of people saying, you know, well, whatever you do, don't put any more money into such and such. Uh, but the, the number of people who supported these things are pretty, pretty equal or higher than the people who uh, said not to put any more money into them. And then open space or passive recreation uh, again, no, so some of this, you know, the Paul Revere Heritage Site came up in all of these except for housing. So I think also a lot of people don't realize what category that actually falls under. Um, there are a few people who said Canton has enough open space, don't fund more. But the majority of people uh, were, you know, in approval of having more open space and passive recreation. And again, with the walking paths. And there were a lot who just said any, any land that comes up that is available, the CPA funds should go to purchasing it. You know, just because basically that open land is disappearing so quickly that they felt CPA funds should be put into grabbing any land possible to prevent overdevelopment. How many total surveys were there? Survey respondents yeah. was, I believe, a... 1,016, okay. I'd have to check, but it was just over 1,000. Um, but the these numbers are based on the comments, and it was optional for them right. to comment or not on these. But I, but I just want to put it into perspective, out of 1,000 or so opportunities for answers, right. four people said don't fund right. open space. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, um, yeah. Look, can I ask George's question a little differently? Because perhaps we should have, so the summary is excellent. Thank you. Um, but just to confirm, it comes from Jen Gouldson's write-up, right, from April 29th. Is that where you worked from? Yes, up till um, the first part that I read, uh, up until community education is needed. Um, so the first several sections was directly from Jan Gouldson's findings. Um, the rest of the data came from the The rest, the rest well. of the data, so starting here with community education and then this, these yeah. breakdowns came from uh, I took the survey results provided by Jan Goldson and I read every one of the comments and, and tallied them. Yeah, so if it's okay, I, I think that um, it should first be recognized and remind those watching at home or who mm -hmm. weren't part of this that we commissioned J.M. Goldson to do this survey last year, having gone many years without taking community feedback. and. If I'm not mistaken, Allison, um, the the document that Jen Goldson sent to us was dated April 29, 2022, 
and it was a summary of the key findings from the survey uh, alone, right? Um, and, and the reason I mention that is because there is, uh, it's a 41-page report um, that has a tremendous amount of, of insight inside the data. Um, some of it is summarized the way that Allison has summarized it, but some of it, uh, for example, is weighted. Um, so, for example, uh, if I was to just turn, page turn on question eight, are there specific active recreation projects that you would like to see considered? Without getting into the, the details, there's 14 pages of answers, right? So I think the summary is excellent, um, but I think the data, right, is, is even more powerful in terms of the weighting of how many voices spoke on certain issues. And I know this is just the beginning of the conversation, right, but um, what I wanted to propose first and foremost, uh, and frankly, um, somebody, a member of the community, uh, called me and asked if they could have this survey report. Somebody had been paying careful attention, mm -hmm. and I said, I honestly don't know if I can share it. I think I directed them towards you yes. uh, for it. Yep. Um, I would propose that just from the outset, the community would be well served seeing the data and making this a larger conversation, if it's going to have influence as to how dollars are allocated uh, in the future, I, I would propose that the, um, un unless there's any disagreement, that the survey data be posted to the website so the public can look at it. It's, it's an extensive uh, report of the voices of the community. Yeah, um, I, absolutely, there's a tremendous amount of data in here, and so, um, you know, this is a, a first attempt you yep. know, to summarize and go through because ultimately what I want to get to is a, you know, bullet list of key takeaways and then with that, you know, list of key takeaways, translate it into um, proposed edits, you know, to mm -hmm. basically get the document, the community preservation plan to be aligned with yep. this feedback. I mean, that's the ultimate goal here. In terms of the, you know, the, the, the transparency and providing some of this raw data, um, I'm, I'm absolutely for, you know, pro providing as much of it as possible. Um, the only concern I have, and this might be just an additional step that this committee will have to go through um, before we just post that as provided to us by Jen Goldson, is some of the the raw data, at least as I was briefly scrolling and, and looking through the survey responses, contained personally identifiable information, mm -hmm. which we should not be posting. Right. So there, if, if, if we do decide as a committee that we want to post you know, the survey responses, we just need to go through and mm -hmm. cleanse it of personally identifiable data. Right. Mm -hmm. there, are fam there are specific family names that I saw yeah. in there, well, which I, we shouldn't. I actually agree that it, it, in the it, transparency is such that this is a public document. Yes. And so even to that extent, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what the specific data is. I know my name is in there, and I'm fine with it. Okay. Um, yeah. I, but, and, okay, I, but if know, there's other examples of that, that I, yeah, I don't know if other people yeah. are. But you know, look, I'm a public. 
I was assigned to be here as a public citizen and I don't have a problem with it. But I do think it should be available to the public. I think it's also contextual. It's not the Bible. It is, it is a reference point that we will use for a greater service to the process. But it's a thousand answers from a community of 24,000 people. So it's a wonderful, you know, cross-section. Um, but my sense is doing, as you're suggesting, incorporating this into some of the guidance that we're going to need in the preservation plan, because the buckets aren't going away. There's still going to be money to all of those mm -hmm. areas. Um, it's just how we weight them as they come in. Uh, you know, a, a bike trail coming in is going to have, you know, our ears are going to perk up a little bit more. Does this meet some of the community needs that are in terms of this? Right. And there's a lot of things that are in here that we can't fund that, that, that goes to the point, which is community education just never ends for the CPA because I think a lot of people um, don't, don't know how, how that money gets um, attributed. So to the extent that it, it, it is a public document, I think that scrub it and then put it on the website. Okay. Well, let me ask you. Say we keep saying it as you know, but there are four documents in yes. total. So I think the one that's being referred to, the um, the forty-page one, I believe, is this one, which is the goals. No, actually, that's a smaller document. So that's. So that was actually where a lot of the, the stuff from the summary came from. This is basically Jan Goldson's summary. Um, and so then we also have the survey summary specifically. That one... <clears throat> yeah, that's really raw, as I recall. There's, one of these documents was very raw. Yeah, so this is... so. When you go further down, this looks like it's 40 pages. So yes, this is the one where, mm -hmm. you know, going through and, you know, these are all the individual survey responses. Mm -hmm. um, there is also the forum summary and the focus group summary. So uh, J.M. Goldson provided four documents. Uh, and so just when talking about, you know, do we want to, you know, should all four of those go up or, you know. The summaries for sure. I mean, but they're all going to become appendices to Let's be our... careful because this summary document really is not just a summary. It's the raw data. It's the all the individual comments. Which um, part maybe do you want to be something. careful about? Uh, the the one that's had the forty page one, the one why, with the raw data. Would we be careful about because that? In, in some of the comments, there's personal ref, personally you know, references to personal data, personal family names. Um, so I don't. I just need to. I just want to make sure that we're careful. I'm all for making it available. It's a public document after all. But um, in in instances where. You know, folks may have, and I don't know the specific language or the fine print around the survey itself, um, but if there was an expectation that the comments um, and the survey responses were, f you know, to be consumed by this committee mm -hmm. as opposed to just be publicly right. posted. That's a good point. A lot of people right. take surveys didn't realize we right. Well, that's a good question. Right. Maybe we should they may ask. have been presented as anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should ask Jen Goldston if she... Yeah. Yeah the wording in the survey anticipated it. Um, but frankly, as I read through it, um, I don't see a lot of commentary identifying. Um, invariably, there's some in here out of yeah, a thousand. Yeah, I just scrolled through and I saw. You know, Many times, a, a couple of is the, family the, names. Uh, the, is the sort of, is not the raw data. It's, I mean, it's, it's available, certainly, but does it go on the website, I guess, is the next question. This um, document is the, the summary, basically, of so the, the other documents, this was specifically the focus group, specifically the forum, specifically the survey, and that's what has all those 
individual comments, um, but this was the the summary document of everything from J.M. Goldson, mm -hmm. um, which has the overall CPA priorities and the goals for each of the, you know, as I as I read earlier, for each of the, so and that, and that does not have any uh, personal comments mm -hmm. or information in it, I can tell you. Perhaps we do it piecemeal, and I'm all about transparency, but perhaps piecemeal, like the summary first, if we mm -hmm. feel comfortable mm -hmm. with that, and then we're able to to uh, redact the names or references and add more. They're all public later. documents, quite honestly. They're work product of this committee. Put what needs to be forward-facing on the website, and yeah. then as requests come in for individual documents, mm -hmm. let's yeah. have copies of individual yeah. documents under the open meeting law, under the sure. public records law, whatever counts. Um, you know, I think that it, a lot of it's like looking at tea leaves. Somebody's going to look for the things they want out of it. And we we want to work to make sure people people aren't working against, you know. And yeah. you know, the, the, the opportunity to speak against a project is at town meeting, and at our public hearings. Um, and so, to cherry pick through the raw data is. You know, it's there, so let, I don't know if it has to be on the website, but it should be made available to any public um, individual that's looking for it. Well, Sean, I'll volunteer to go through and scrub it and send it to you um, for public posting. Because, George, I, I only agree with you a little bit. I mostly disagree. Um, when, that's what, a surprise. <laughs> well... Thankfully, I have data to support my disagreement, so it's not so much opinion. It's right here in the pages. If we had a thousand voices speak, and there's more than twice as many people speaking on one topic than another, then I think the weighting of that is apparent. And, and I don't think it should be lost in any kind of interpretation about how this community spoke. Well, the community didn't speak. The community gave us some information, and they will speak at town meeting, up or down. They gave us data. You know, they didn't give us fully formed um, data because we don't have any projects to, to sort of work against. They're reflecting upon their desires, many of which aren't covered by the CPA, as, as we've seen. I have no problem releasing the data, so Wonderful. we do agree on that. Um, I think when we work to the preservation plan, the goal is when a project comes in, how does it fit within the preservation plan, not the surveys. The surveys are additional data that are helping us form our opinions, but they uh, in no way direct us to put money here and not here. The CPA does that in the, in the buckets and under the statute. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Appreciate all that. You're welcome. We took the survey so we could listen to the voices of the community. The voices of the community are evidenced in the survey data. Uh, I look forward to scrubbing this so that it can be made available, because I agree education is important. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a disparity in terms of the frequency of comments amongst different categories and at a minimum I think that should be part of the conversation perhaps not for tonight um, this is going to be a conversation that goes for many meetings um, but I, I do think that making it available would serve us well and serve the community well. Yeah. Uh, I will note that um, 
this, you know, so I was, this summary is going to be included with the, the minutes of the meeting anyway, but this summary that I wrote up can also be put on the website. Um, if someone wants to know, you know, in general, how many people are uh, from the survey data are talking about one thing or another, um, you know, I, it, I, I basically didn't leave anything out here. So if you want to know, like, the, the breakdown of comments for, you know, specific active recreation projects or whatever, um, so if, if, if these things go up on the website, I'd, I'd, if no one disagrees, I would suggest including this also yeah. because that's an easier way to see it right away than reading all the, the comments. My, yeah, my, my recommendation is that we, we proceed with posting you know, this summary as well as um, Jen Goldson's high-level summary. Um, if there's a desire also to make available on the website the raw data, including the detailed survey responses, um, my recommendation is that we first check with Jen in terms of the language, the fine print on the survey itself, sure. because there is a legal question here. Of course. Um, you know, I don't want to risk any legal issues with posting something where, you know, respondents may have had an expectation yeah. right. that it was, you know, their their comments would be posted publicly on our website. Right. So we need to be careful there. So. Right. You know, if Jen, you know, says it's okay per the, you know, per the structure of the um, survey, um, and then we go through and scrub it of personal data, you know, then and only then would I be, you know, supportive of putting the raw, you know, data on, on our website. And just so I'm clear, because I was asked this question, actually I think more than once, we could deal with this at the next meeting, but what is the committee's position on a member of this committee being asked for this data are we allowed to provide it are we not allowed to provide it what what are we because I felt like sending them to the chairs made sense mm -hmm. but it would be nice to have an answer because I'm not yeah. sure yeah I, I, I'm not sure it just seemed like the logical thing to do yes um, at, at the, again at the moment um, you know we are you know fully supportive of the uh, summary data being provided. I mean, right. that's really the takeaway from you know from all three of these activities. Keep in mind, it's not just it's not just the online survey. You know, the, it's the, the focus group, the you know the public forum as well. Um, so those the, those um, takeaways are encapsulated in Jen's um, you know overall findings document. You know, which we certainly can provide. Um, you know, both on our website and on an ad hoc basis in response to any requests. Now, a specific request for the raw survey data with all the individual comments, which is what that document contains, um, is, a, is, a, is a different ask. And so that is something that we're not, at least I am not ready to make available at this point. But we certainly can take steps to you know, ensure that there is no you know, legal risk um, because, again, these are, you know, these are personal comments. Right. I agree <laughs> um, with that. So, yep. So, so hold off on any requests um, for raw data, but the summary data, yes, feel free to, to share that. And, and it'll be on the website. And, and it'll be on the website. I will make sure that the summary is on the website. Yeah. Allison, do you mind emailing us your summary? Or at least me, but I assume sure. all of us? Yeah. Um, it is also it was a, uh, with the minutes on the agenda. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I, can I read email the minutes. Again. Okay, thank you. If that's there, sorry, I read the minutes. No, that's, I didn't that's get to it. Was a full email. <laughs> I somehow missed that. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and um, based on a request from um, Sean, um, uh, you had asked about 
looking at the you know kind of a pie chart of expenditures for the last few years so these are made up twice so um, the debt service I wasn't sure if one included or not so these pie charts are the same just one includes the debt service and, and one doesn't okay um, I'm sorry um, debt service meaning Paul Revere Heritage site <coughs> which accrues to open space is that right Hmm? It accrues to open space. Uh, I believe so, yeah. yes. Yeah. Open space yeah. recreation. Yeah. So the um, the data from from Jen Goldson and uh, and you know the surveys and all that, uh, they treated open space and recreation differently, but the CPA treats them as one unit. Uh, so that's how I presented it here. Yeah. And is this attachment in the file that you had sent out? No, this is not. And I, I'm with this. Could, I will send this out. Us. Yes. This would be helpful. Mm, so this is um, fiscal years 2020 through 2023. How did you pick just the four fiscal years? Um, mostly that four pie charts fit really well on a page. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we have, we have more data than this, right? Going back further. Uh, correct, yes. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, just for uh, comparison's sake. And we could do one chart that shows all of it in the aggregate. Like a stacked yeah. one. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allison, if you email me um, about I guess three years ago when I took this position, I developed a chart with all the projects that went out that I think would be very helpful for you. It's sure. just the data's already accumulated. It's on a Google Doc, and I could just share that with you. Oh, okay. That should be helpful. So it sounds like there's um, a desire for further data around, you know, allocation, percentage of allocation, um, trended, you know, over the last what, at least five years. Well, I mean, I think it also speaks to some of the survey respondents when they talk about um, open space and recreation, how mm -hmm. much money we have placed in those. That, that does resonate, and I think that's a, a positive way to um, to show the trend. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Do, we have it, do we have the data broken out um, by open space and recreation separately? Uh, I do not. Um, I'd have to look at each of the projects. past projects individually. A lot of the projects are listed as open space slash recreation. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, you know, on like the spreadsheet of current projects um, or past projects, they're often listed together, but, you know, I could separate them manually, basically. I mean, if, if it's easily feasible, I, I don't want you to, you know, you know, make too much of a heavy lift to try to, you know, parse those apart. You know, I think it, it's pretty I, evident when you look I, at the I project. I think it would be helpful, yeah. yeah. When, you know, the largest acquisition in the open space, I think, is going to be the, um, the, the two pieces, the $25,000 and then the Paul Revere Heritage, and then everything else is going to be right. active recreation. Right, yeah. The playgrounds and the ball fields and the, the yeah. such. I, I, yeah, I do. I do think it would be helpful. Um, you know, just because the survey responses are broken out by those two mm -hmm. categories separately, yeah. um, so to see the whole historic trend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think there's there's two asks to, to break out those categories um, between open space and recreation, um, as well as to 
trend this out into like one um, visual, um, maybe like a, a line chart or a stacked bar chart or something that shows multiple years in, in, one, in one chart. Great, so I think um, everybody on the committee should have all the data, um, you know, not just the, the survey data, all the data that Jen had previously, previously sent out, um, Allison's excellent summary, as well as you know, soon um, to, you know, to share the, uh, you know, the, the, the allocations um, over the last several years. And I think you know, this is important. I had asked Allison to put this data together because I think it's important for us to see you know, um, what our actual spend is rel you know, relative to these buckets um, versus what the feedback is suggesting we allocate. Um, and so that is sort of the high-level piece that I thought wasn't very apparent in Jen's summary um, because she does a great job kind of outlining um, within each bucket. But like one of the things that we really need guidance on um, to capture in our plan is what is the relative preference of each of those buckets at a high level. Um, so that, that's one of the things that we should give some serious thought to. Um, and I think, you know, as a next step, um, we should, you know, today we're starting a conversation. As a next step, we should really digest this data, um, go into, you know, the summaries, go into the survey responses, just refresh our memory on, um, you know, what Jen had sent out uh, last year. Um, but very importantly, I think we should also be prepared um, at our next meeting to look at our, um, our current plan. You know, and, and see where those gaps are. Mm -hmm. on, on that point, I would propose that Allison distribute the four reports that Jen produced to the committee. Uh, just so happened I had a printed version of this before this meeting, so I grabbed it, but it is from nine months ago, and a lot has transpired between the time that we hired Jen and went through this process, and we really haven't discussed it really at all. Um, so I think that would help refresh and prepare everybody sure. if you agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have the files there, so if you could send those out, Allison. I also wonder how we build in the process of going back to the stakeholders of the various committees and commissions who um, we have looked to in the past for the preservation plan in light of the pandemic and priorities that may have changed for other school committee historical housing, there's a number of things that may have come up over the last few years since the last time we talked to these boards and commissions. That's another element that goes in the preservation plan uh, in addition to the public comment. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up, George. Um, you know, that, that definitely is um, an important element, you know, to this. Um, what I would like to do, um, unless folks are, you know, strongly opposed, is to start with the public data. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is the you know, the, 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 the one that's probably going to take up the most of our time to, um, to bake into the plan. And then um, once we have an initial draft of our plan that incorporates, you know, at least to the best of our ability, um, the feedback from the public um, survey forum, et cetera, um, yeah. you know, then to uh, socialize yeah. that draft with the various committees. This is very helpful, actually, because the references to Native American and uh, Indigenous peoples will play very highly 
in some of the thinking on the his, in the historical community. And so in order to put that into project or in a direction for projects, socializing this will be very, very helpful. So I think that gives us the opportunity to um, to look at what some of the what, what the public is sort of thinking about and then build that into projects that we can bring forth. Makes a lot of sense. I would imagine it's the same for the other groups as well, just sort of thinking from the yeah. historical side. Right. Great. All right. So, um, as far as next steps, uh, we'll you know look forward to you know getting some of the uh, documents that we discussed, um, some of the additional um, you know data around uh, funding uh, allocations um, in a chart, um, and then you know as kind of a homework assignment, you know go through that um, as well as go through our um, you know old uh, plan which is on our website, I imagine. Um, and then we can be prepared to discuss that you know, at our next meeting um, as we work our way towards um, coming up with you know, what are those bullet items of key takeaways, key gaps, um, where we need to you know, edit the plan, you know, add um, additional language, um, you know, maybe potentially remove items, um, all in an effort to bring it in line with you know, this, um, this feedback that we've captured. Great. Well done. Um, are you going to reach out to Jen or shall I? Um, ask about the, you know, if they were promised anything. Um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind reaching out, that would be great. You know, I work pretty closely with her. I'm happy to volunteer and CC both of you in the process. Um, it's yeah, pretty active. You, and John and Allison, if you could collectively reach out to her. That'd yeah. Be great. You want me to CC you guys? Please. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have any other topics to discuss tonight? Next meeting. Next meeting. All right. Going to add the calendar. Since Mondays are popular, it seems like. Uh, propose either February 6th or 13th. 13th? Is that the holiday? No, the 20th. The, is the week yeah. of the 20th is, okay. yeah. The holiday. 6th? Monday, February 6th. I'm traveling on the 6th. I can't be here on the 6th. When's the 13th? 13th. 13th would be good for me. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, same time, um, Monday, February 13th. And unless I hear differently, I'll keep trying to observe this room. Yeah, um, so I'm not sure if we discussed that with everybody, but um, given we had a meeting, like I think it was November, where it got kind of crowded <laughs> across the street. Um, so um, if folks are okay with that. We'll always try to meet here. Yeah, Unless right. there's a conflict, then as a backup, we'll be at a tavern. Okay. So. Great. Anything else? So next meeting will be the 13th, it sounds like. Move we adjourn. Motion to adjourn and second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.